0: Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present on History.org. This is Behind the Scenes, where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins, and mostly I ask questions. Before tractors, trailers, and bulldozers, there were oxen. Here with me now is oxman Darren Chop to tell us more about these intelligent and affectionate animals who bear the title, Beast of Burden. Compare milk cows or cattle with Oxen in size, so that people get an idea just how really big we're talking about
1: the size will vary on the cattle breed um, where my guys most of my guys are milking shorthorn cattle within the breed. the males can top out around twenty five hundred pounds apiece. a, a shorthorn cow can average between twelve fourteen hundred apiece
0: so it's a thousand pounds plus more yeah uh thousand Pounds is at least 10 people, maybe 12. Uh, that's a big animal.
1: Mm, yep, like Ken, you can end up with some good sized teams depending on the breed of cattle.
0: Uh, I was watching a-, a yoked oxen pull a wagon down the street, and I said to the guy who was walking with them, uh, How do you get them to turn? And he said, You lean into them. Is that Sort of more or less true?
1: It varies. I mean, there's no set standard for driving a team. I mean, different people have different styles. Mm-hmm. For your turns, you're generally using voice commands. Um, for a left turn, you're using HOF. For a right turn, you use G. Um, depending on how long you're with a team, sometimes you don't have to say a word. If you take a turn, the team will just follow right with you. But where you're positioning yourself to them is actually saying what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can drive them without ever saying a single word. I'm gonna say, but different people have different
0: styles. Do the different oxen respond to you differently? So, the, you might get one who's reluctant to go to the right, or you might get one reluctant to go to the left.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, they are cattle. They have their own mind to themselves and sometimes they don't want to do what you want them to do Um, within my teams red and rusty is a good pair they'll follow me pretty good Um, red's independent he's been the boss of everybody when they're together in pasture so he'll try to get away with stuff more so than rusty will rusty just goes along with the crowd basically my one of my newer pairs tuck and timer timer is kind of boss of everybody, and when they're out in on the streets they have their own pace um, they'll go at a pretty quick step where some of my other guys will go at a slower step.
0: How do you train something that big? how long does it take? Um, I mean you don't scream here boy and twenty three hundred pounds comes galloping across the pasture
1: No, you're generally not starting when they're that size Um, you're generally starting them when they're calves the sooner the better you kinda like to have them imprint on you rather than on their mom um... so when they're small you're able to push them around when they get big they're not so easy to push around
0: anymore well you're not exactly a small man yourself so you you could push more around than most you could certainly push more around than me
1: uh... yeah i'm good size but when it comes to my guys
0: You're
1: not big enough, huh? Yeah. I don't think anybody's big enough to shove my guys around or other cattle. Um, Even one year, I've had, working at other museums, I've had one-year-old heifer calves throw me around. And as you say, I'm not a small person. So that's generally why you're dealing it when they're young calves. Mm -hmm. Um, You're teaching them the commands at that point, and they're imprinting more so on you. So they're getting used to you and they're not as likely to try to shove you around
0: mm-hmm. you said a, a minute ago that uh, something like red is a boss or was a boss mm-hmm. how does an ox boss <laughs> uh, basically they
1: square off head-to-head head and whoever backs down loses and whoever does the backing of the other guy is the winner um, Red had, as I say, had been the boss. Um, Then we uh, had him over at Great Hopes Plantation because they had been doing the field work there. And when we brought in Tuck and Timer, Tuck and Timer met Emin and Gage and uh, my other guys, and Tuck and Timer took the dominant lead. Mm -hmm. Um, Then when Red and Timer finally met, Timer came out on top. Mm -hmm. Um, But they just go head-to-head, horn-to-horn, and... One person wins, or one of them wins, and one of them loses. And they'll just lean into each other, go head-to-head, head, and then see who could out-shove who.
0: Oh, um, okay.
1: And one of them's going to back down, and whoever is that that one is ends up being the loser.
0: Does anybody get hurt in this? I mean, that's a lot of weight getting thrown around.
1: As I say, usually before any of them gets hurt too badly, yeah, you know, the one backs down and gives up, but... I mean, I'll come in some mornings and find nicks and scratches on them. Um, Nothing major serious-wise has happened, but one, as I say, usually backs down before any major injury occurs.
0: You are there with these very large animals. Have you ever been hurt? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I've been been horned, I've been kicked, I've been thrown, I've been stepped on, I've been walked over. as I tell the visitors, there's two things cattle haven't done to me yet. Kill me and break a bone, and one of those two things I'm not exactly aiming for. Oh. Um, but I've been fortunate um, in it, but they're, they're big. We always see them slow moving. They're a lot quicker than what we give them credit for. And, I mean, they can be dangerous, especially since they have their horns on them. But fortunately, nothing serious has happened to me yet. Mm
0: -hmm. so you got this huge thing standing there a fly comes up and lands on his face and he she doesn't like it so if they're like cattle and I presume they are they'll shake their head Mm
1: -hmm.
0: well if you shake their head and they've still got their horns if you're standing next to it you could be quite sorry
1: you can be Um, people want to pet my guys and we've shied away from that Um, and partly is, especially in the summertime with the flies and the bugs, I mean, their head is part of that fly sweating system. And even though they're in a yoke, they can still swing their head around. And as I always tell people, if I'm standing up right next to them and a bug or a fly bothers one of them and he swings his head around, his horns are coming right about my rib cage, And even in a short distance, I could end up with broken or cracked ribs quite easily. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Everybody always considers the tail as a fly-sweating system. Nobody really thinks about the head as being part of it.
0: Uh, you said when visitors want to pet or play with your your these great big gentle mm-hmm. things, how close can they get? I mean, considering the things that could go wrong quite easily, Uh mm-hmm. Where do you keep them?
1: People stand with them for photos. Um, a lot of people want to stand right between their heads when they're in yoke for a photo, and that's off limits right there. Um, but I mean, you can get near to them. I know my guys pretty well. I know what mood they're in. I know when they're going to move their head. Um, you can stand on the alongside the yoke or a little to the back of the yoke, But and my guys are pretty good about it. Um, I use bug spray during the summer, which hopefully gets rid of a lot of the swinging of the head and every that everything in that area. But you can get close for a photo. We just ask people not to pet because they're not pets. They're work animals. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not exactly coming to a petting zoo. So we that's why we discourage the petting part.
0: Okay. You said you know your guys and what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, generally speaking. How long did it take you to learn that?
1: Ah, uh, sometimes I'm always learning. Um, <laughs> I, they vary. Um, I'll work with the team, especially if we get a new team in, and your first, so I get to know them, they get to know me. Um, most of our teams are 4-H kid teams out of New England, so they've been to fairs, they've been around trucks and everything, so they're used to pretty much everything they're going to face when they come to us here. So it's relatively quick to get used to them. Um, But it's just a matter of time. I mean, even after five or six years with the team, uh, something will still pop up that I'm like, when did that start bothering you? Or you never reacted like that before. But you just learn their tendencies relatively quickly. Um, And you're always aware of your surroundings, especially in the historic area, because I've got children, I've got people coming from all directions, I've got vehicles, sometimes a fire truck or ambulance popping up um red and rusty still after being here seven years do not like the fife and drum corps Um, (laughs) the fife and drum march red and rusty just don't want to have anything to do with them where eminent gauge i've had them out when cannons have been fired off and they just stand there um so you learn you learn quickly what They will tolerate what they don't like. And a lot of them, a lot of my guys still don't like the manhole covers.
0: Do you use, okay, you've got yoked oxen and you're going down Duke of Gloucester Street and you're pulling a wagon of something. Do you use a whip or a cane or a something in your hand to control them?
1: Uh, What I use is a whip. Um, With an oxen, we refer to it as a goad. Um, A lot of people, I've always used a whip. When I first learned back in 91 to drive oxen, that's what I learned with. A lot of individuals use a stick. Um, But with my guys, I don't necessarily have to use it a lot. I'll use it if they're not going to pay attention to me. But for the most part, with all my teams, I can just tell them what to do and they'll do it. Or if I just start walking, they'll come with. If I stop, they stop. So I don't really have to rely on it as much.
0: I guess it would be part of the costume, though. People want to know how you control the oxen, and you can just hold the whip up and say, with the goad. Mm. goad. Well, part of your, uh, I don't know whether it's part or all of your teams, are part of the Rare Breeds program, aren't they?
1: I've got milking shorthorns. I had a pair of Randalls, which we lost one of them, so I have a single in that. And uh, our newest pair at Great Hopes is a Devon lineback cross team. Mm-hmm. They're all rare breeds, and one of the advantages of having them is people hopefully will get interested in that breed. Um, hopefully even 4-H kids want who come here and decide, Ooh, you know, maybe I'll go back and for my 4-H project do
0: oxen. A minute ago you said we had a team of Randalls, mm-hmm. and we lost one. Yep. How do you get a new partner for that ox to work together with uh, somebody who's not a not his team?
1: I'm um, hit and miss, basically. Um, partly, the hard part is their age. If you lose an older guy, you're going to have a hard time matching him up because there's not too many steers out there that say maybe eight, nine years of age that you can match up. In our case, we lost one of the two Randalls, and I decided to put him in with one of my shorthorns from my older team so they've actually been working good together the advantage is they've hung out and pastured together so I'm not bringing somebody new in from the outside to try to match them up with I'm using one of my own internal guys and so far it's working out pretty well for me but and part of it is also whether they want to work together or not once I get them in yoke, they'll work fine. The problem is getting to, to the yoke and getting it on them before they decide they're not going to cooperate and try to go off in separate directions. So it depends on how their personality is. But they're all different. That's the fun part about them.
0: Let us know what you think about the show. Submit your feedback at www.history.org podcast. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Check history.org often. We'll post more for you to download and hear. Read the story in this spring's Colonial Williamsburg Journal and online at (laughs) www.history.org.